0: Take your shoes off. Get comfortable. Comfortable? Comfortable. Okay. Okay. So Kelsey and I have been very busy lately. Super busy. And it seems like every week that we do not have children or every day that we do not have children, we are working. And we have so many new things going on with the podcast and the Etsy store and the book launch and the group practice that we're changing we've got meet you in kentucky the conference that we do that we've been talking about systemizer schools coming up it is crazy time around these parts and when uh, i <laughs> part near. <laughs> when I, it's part near time we get something started when i was at the walmart oh, the, here uh, we go here getting we go some baloney i saw i saw a little game in the section um the game section And it's called, Let's Get Deep, Questions for Couples. We have had really good intentions of playing or, I don't know, questioning each other, but we've been busy. And so I had a bright idea. Let's just do it live on the podcast. Hi, I'm Casey, and right here beside me is Kelsey. We are licensed professional counselors, mothers, entrepreneurs, oh, and besties. We know firsthand what it's like to wake up one day and think, how in the heck did I wind up here?
1: Through our own journeys of self-discovery, we found that joy is something that has to be pursued through internal work. Now we are on a mission to help women from all walks of life understand themselves more so they can have real lasting joy. Join us
0: every Thursday to hear fun and insightful interviews with experts who can point you toward self-discovery and fulfillment. I tried to get her a little drinky first, but she wouldn't go for it. She better not be boring.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to be boring. But I do think that this speaks volumes because I think we have surface level relationships, but then we have below surface level, like deep, deep conversations. And that's what this podcast is about. And so I feel like this game may be a perfect entryway to a lot of great conversation.
0: So, I already have the cards divided into three sections, which is how they're divided in the box. And these are icebreakers here in the middle. We have the deep questions here and we have the deeper questions here. Oh gosh. So, I'll give you one icebreaker and then you got to move into Okay, one let's or go. The other.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: Would you prefer an apology letter or a love note?
1: Oh, definitely a love note. All about some poems. Uh Yeah, give me all that. Where are you going to find someone like that? I think I caught her. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, your turn. You get an icebreaker, I guess. Sure. What's your favorite song of all times?
0: Oh, man. I don't like those questions. The favorites,
1: like favorite color, favorite... (sighs) I don't know. Maybe we're just more of a deep, deep (laughs) card. maybe. No, can you play any instruments? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Can you just ask... What was your first job?
0: It was at um, Paul Miller, the car dealership here in town. I did their customer satisfaction surveys. Oh, that comes in handy in the group practice, huh? Heck yeah. I'm a surveying pro. All right, Deep. What's something you appreciate about your life right now that you may not have 10
1: years from now? Ooh, that's a good one. Probably... something to do with like Oakland being so young and at that age where she's just like wanting to learn and like I'm the one she looks to and in 10 years from now I'm not going to be the one that she's looking Mm -hmm. towards so I think that would be it do you have an answer for that question
0: I was kind of thinking the same thing I have a different appreciation for my children and for children in general like with her and even kids that aren't mine like I just have a different appreciation for them now at 39 than I did when I had my first at 25 and I can really just be present and they make me laugh and, you know, they drive me nuts sometimes, but I I can just appreciate them being little. So I know that they won't be little forever and I just think it's really cute how they are.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes we can wish away that time, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't wait till they'll sleep on their own or I can't wait till they do this or that, but... I wish was still a baby, but at the same time, I know that that's not a really good mindset to have because right now is a really good opportunity. She loves to learn, like, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of lessons that I could be teaching instead of wishing away my time.
0: Yeah, I used to do that when I was, when I had Mamie, my first, so she's 14, and I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till she can talk. Oh my gosh, I can't wait till she will sleep all night. Or oh my gosh, I can't wait for her to whatever. Until I don't
1: have to carry her again. Yeah.
0: And then with Lennon, I didn't think like that as much. I caught myself every now and then thinking like, I just can't wait till she can talk. And then when she started talking, she literally never stopped. (laughs) But I thought that much less. And then now with Thayer, I don't think that about anything. Yeah. So I can definitely tell a difference.
1: Okay, now, between us, who is more cautious? Oh, you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You are probably
0: the most cautious person I've ever been in any kind of relationship. You are, for sure.
1: Okay, give me an example. Like, just an
0: overthinker in general.
1: Yeah, I gotta make
0: sure. I gotta, like, scope out what's gonna happen next. Which is really funny, because you and I, that was not planned or thought out or anything at all uh-huh so and i kind of just jumped off a cliff mm-hmm. like here i am <laughs> Which that's totally opposite of your natural
1: oh yeah i think i have moments where i'm not that cautious but nine times out of ten i am constantly thinking about what the outcome could be
0: what do you think i mean you think it's you too right oh definitely you are like let's just do
1: this thing we'll figure it out later
0: yeah Okay, describe your most peaceful place, real or imaginary, and use your five senses to describe what would be there.
1: Oh, this is totally like EMDR. Uh let's see your container, honey. (gasps) Not container, my safe place. Oh, your safe place. Okay, let's see. Mine's
0: a mason jar, by the way.
1: That's your container, not your safe place. I want to talk about the container. No, safe place, where you feel calm and where you feel zen.
0: Are you tired of running to the lobby to see if your next appointment has arrived? Would you like a more discreet, stress-free way for your clients to check in? Take a deep breath. The Receptionist for iPad empowers your practice to create a zen-like check-in experience. This episode is sponsored by The Receptionist for iPad. It's the highest-rated digital check-in software for therapy and behavioral health offices used by thousands of practitioners across the country. The Receptionist for iPad is a simple and expensive way to allow your clients to discreetly check in, to notify providers of a patient's arrival, and to ensure your front lobby is stress-free. The software sends an immediate notification to the therapist when a client checks in and can even ask if any patient information has changed since their last visit. Start a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com besties And when you do, you'll also get your first month free when you sign up.
1: I used FRIP in a lot of ways. So at first I went to the treehouse that we went to, but that was a really bad experience. That was not calm. That was a terrible experience. Middle of snowstorm, tornado type deal. Yeah. So I tried, when I was doing EMDR, I tried to access that as my safe place. It was not safe. (laughs) Especially because we were talking about our exit plan of we're gonna go in this like gully or it was a it was a trench a trench we're gonna like go in a trench and take a mattress and Mm -hmm. like lay on top of us and hope that we don't die. Mm -hmm. So it would be Fripp Island and and just like the smell of marsh meeting the sea and like riding on the golf cart, wind blowing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can smell the salt water, but you can also kind of smell this. I hated the smell when I first went, but now I like the smell.
0: The first time that we went there together, it was so, like, our lives were so chaotic.
1: Insane.
0: Yeah. But that was probably the most at peace I think I've ever felt in my whole life, was being on that golf cart with you. And just riding around? Yeah. I had on that white sweatshirt hoodie.
1: I was hunting for alligators. Mm -hmm. It was nice. Okay. Your turn. We'll do deep, 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 deep. It's called Deeper. What is a moment you get nostalgic about and why?
0: Oh, gosh, I'm so bad at nostalgia. I know that you get that way about so many things. And sometimes I feel guilty because I don't. Like your kid's first tooth, <laughs> <laughs> her first little piece of hair. I don't have any of that. Probably for me, it is going to be that Thanksgiving dinner. Not Christmas, th- those two holidays together for me are super important and nostalgic. I remember telling you how I remember how I said that that one year that I finally had a house like that was nice enough and was big enough for to invite people over for the holidays. And I didn't have a Christmas tree, but I saved up and saved up and saved up. And then they went on sale and bought one, tried to decorate the house as best as I could. And then nobody showed up for Christmas that year. And I never decorated after that. Like, I never did. I mean, I put up a tree, but... Until me. Until you. Hair flip. Yeah. I never did. I just... I was like, what's the point? In the back of my mind, I was like, what's the point? And I think I was just so tired of being let down from the holidays that I just gave up. But now I really do enjoy decorating. I want my kids, when they get older, to remember walking into our home and it feeling like Christmas. Christmas, Yeah.
1: I think that's a good one. Oh, yay. Oh, no. What
0: is something you need advice on right now?
1: Oh, God. Let
0: me solve your problems.
1: I think it's just friendships. Like, my friends have really sucked since I got a divorce. They're nowhere to be found. Where are you at? <laughs> and just kind of like reevaluating that and what that looks like and how some losses really aren't losses when I sit back and think about them. But I always constantly am circling back thinking like, is it me? Am I the problem? You know, of course, I I feel the same way. Like whenever you're saying, is it me?
0: I'm thinking, are your friends not around you because of me? Do they not like me? Do they not? What's crazy, though, with some of the situations you've dealt with as friends like they've looked at us together and said you all make total sense you look so happy you're so happy I, mm-hmm. it's a total difference in you you're a totally different person you all fit like all these things and so when you hear those words with, it's not congruent right with, like, with their behavior right yeah so it's strange
1: i don't know i just i, I could get on a rant about it I just know in, like, the next season of my life, like, which I've told you this, like, our kids are getting older. They're going to have friends at school. We're going to make friends with their parents, and that's going to be the next season of life for me Mm -hmm. because I've not experienced that. Like, I've never connected with somebody that I haven't known for the last 13 years, you know, or I haven't worked with. or
0: Well, and I think you also are going to be into a different world, like, professionally where – you're meeting people that are way different than the types of people you're used to being friends oh, with. Oh, yeah.
1: I could go up to Maryland right now and have a good old time.
0: I know. Yeah. And have like a very mature relationship that is based on communication and vulnerability and trust. Yeah. Whereas, you know, maybe some of your past
1: like Cymbria, when she uh-huh. texts me, I get so excited and she states away, but, you know, we connected at a conference and she's just a great person to have a conversation with.
0: I think that's what's really helped me is because I don't have a ton of friends here locally and I don't really feel like I fit in in a lot of places. But when it comes to my online communities and the people that we work with and the people that show up for us, you can't beat it I yeah. mean there's uh, like there's just not enough good things to say about the people that we truly do have in our corner where it may not feel like it because they're not here but you can't beat a Heather or you know <laughs> yep. a Symbria or or any of them really you, yeah. you just can't like that's a totally that's the kind of people you wish you had close
1: well and I think in the stage of life like we can't be friends where we're hanging out every single day like mm-hmm. I need a friend that We'll check in when I need them to check in or I'll check on them when they need me to check in on them. But having deeper conversations, mm-hmm. not surface level, not like, oh, you know, how's everything going? And friendships
0: that you can trust that what you're telling them isn't going to go back to your ex mm-hmm. or going to be used against you in some way. It's always been harder for me to build and maintain relationships close, especially in small towns because it's it's easy for people to get mad. And when they get mad at you or they get butt hurt with you, it's really easy to F up your life.
1: Yeah. Well, it goes back to being like honest and vulnerability and all of that. A lot of times in a smaller town, you confide in somebody and let's say that you piss them off because you don't Go to an event that they planned, or mm-hmm. maybe you didn't check in on them for three months. Well, they're out telling the whole town your whole entire life. It really creates a lot of animosity and hesitation to develop friendships in a mm-hmm. smaller town
0: and drama. I mean, and think oh, no th- drama
1: policy here.
0: <laughs> I mean, for me, it's it's really hard because owning a couple businesses in this small town. Like, I feel like I have to be on guard constantly, and that's just not my nature. I'd, I don't like that feeling. I don't I don't like feeling like I have to hide myself or hide what I'm doing or or whatever because because that's not me. But you have to be really careful because I mean I remember when people found out about me and you and <laughs> th- they're like, oh, a bunch of Lesbos. Let me quit my job. I'm good. They're going to hell. That happened. Like, yeah. And so it's just they can do whatever they want, but it's just really
1: difficult. Well, it hurts a lot of different areas of your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think we always need one place of our life to feel safe and, and like it's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is your go-to person for advice and why? <laughs> That's easy.
0: I don't ask advice a lot from people. So if it's like personal, I always ask Tara because she'll tell me the truth. She's smart and she's she plays devil's advocate really well. So usually my question is like, Kelsey did this really stupid ass thing. Am I overreacting? And then she'll tell me. And she'll know.
1: ask you questions in that to make sure that she right. understands. Right, like the whole story. Yeah,
0: like wh- wh- where is she coming from? And, you know, so she, she's really good at seeing both sides of that. Now, like if it's something like non-personal, I have a couple people that I will ask like professional Mm-hmm. Professional people in my circle, but definitely Tara on the personal side. Sometimes, like for business, I'll ask Morweeni Hey, Morweeni if you're listening, or like Matt, who's a good loan officer dude friend of mine. So I think it really just depends, but I've worked really hard to build a network that can help me whenever I need it.
1: Yeah. And I think listeners, if you're reflecting on who is your go to person for advice, I think. For me personally, and maybe for a lot of listeners and what I hear you're saying, Casey, is that you are going to somebody who's not just going to be on your side. See, right. And
0: a lot of people look for that.
1: Yeah, I I personally don't. I want somebody who's going to be, one, if I'm wrong, I want them to put me in my place mm-hmm. because that's why I'm seeking advice. Like, am I being stupid here?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Same. And also, I want somebody who's going to understand both sides of it, not just pick a side because they're my friend or pick a side because. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I remember one time, I don't know exactly what we were disagreeing on. This whole dynamic of a relationship with you has been like completely foreign in most ways to me. There's a lot of things that like, is this just because she's a female? Is this because we're both females? <laughs> is this because like, there's just a lot of things. I don't know. A lot of, a lot of questions, but I remember sitting at Josh's medical practice down there by the mall, and we were disagreeing about something, and I knew we were going to have to come back around and talk about it, and I was really trying to get an idea if I was being outrageous, and so I asked Tara, Maureen, and Dr. Brooke. And Dr. Burke was the first one that called me back because I texted all three of them. (laughs) And so they were the first one that called me back. And I I gave them the scenario, which, like I said, I can't really remember all of it now. Remember when I felt like I was, like, losing my mind? Like, I was really just...
1: I remember when it was. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, and then I thought, well, maybe it's just me. Like, maybe something's wrong. Like... My hormones are off, but something is not right. And so when I asked Dr. Brooke, told them the whole story and then said, am I being ridiculous? And Dr. Brooke said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and then they tell me why.
1: I remember when they told you, like, Casey, you're being ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Now, Maureen also said, yes, you're being ridiculous. But. Yes. Yeah. And then Tara was the most on my side with that situation. But that th- I knew that that's kind of how that was going to go. I, I knew that Brooke would give me the most just simplistic a- answer. Yeah, and the most unbiased. Yeah. But, you know, I think having people like that, and I haven't always had people like that. If I would have had people like that a long time ago, I probably would have made a lot less dumb choices. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah. Good answer. Thanks. Is it my turn? Yeah, I think so. Oh, this is a big one.
1: You know what? Oh, my goodness. This is
0: something that we do not talk about. Okay, go ahead. How important is it that you surround yourself with people who have
1: the same political views as you? Oh, my good God. I don't think it's important at all. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, I really don't care. I mean, I do care if you're like... Using your political view as hate, but I, yeah, I, I, don't care. Not unless
0: that's what they talk about, you know, like if they talk about it all the time, then it's very important that I don't surround myself because that's
1: just not, I, I don't even want somebody like if they are on the same side I am to talk to me about that. I do not care. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, I have no, like you can talk to me about it if we're just having a random conversation, but we're not going into a debate. <laughs> yeah. Once there's a debate going on, avoidance, I'm done. I'm not talking about it. No, I'll watch a debate on TV all day long and form my own opinion, but I do not want to debate with people that I enjoy being around. Yeah, you would rather use that time for something else. Yeah, like a deeper conversation. Okay, when were you at your happiest? Mm, that's hard. Listen,
0: I on that podcast that we listened to this morning with Glennon, I heard her say that she doesn't have a good concept of time. And I've always said that about myself. Like, I don't track time very well. You don't? Go to your childhood. I think that's easier to access. I can't really think of a specific, like, time or moment. But just being, like, down at my grandma's and my grandpa's and with my dad being up here, like, at his house. And I remember, you know, having my cat. had my cat magic. These are just all things that are popping in my head. My dad made me this balance beam because I was big into gymnastics and I was like, (laughs) you know, on the did all that competitively. And I remember having my balance beam and then I had my little playhouse, which was upstairs above their garage that my brother ended up living at. Also, my grandpa had this like big creepy van that looked like a predator would drive. But I think (laughs) it was kind of cool. You're profiling right now. (laughs) I think it was kind of a cool like thing back then but it had a big tiger on the outside of it and had like shag carpet in there and it had this um i'm dead serious and it had like the big old cassette thing you know like the big wide fat ones that you shove in Mm -hmm. and they were like white or whatever Okay. Not like a regular cassette tape, but like a big one. Oh no, that was before my time. What was those things called? And my dad, he had this one thing and he would play that song. I was out on a date and my daddy's car or something car hadn't driven very far up in the road, straight ahead. The car was stalled. The engine was dead. You, you know that song? No. You don't know that song? Okay. That's my childhood right there. Like, oh my and so in this back of this van, like there is, um, like a little table thing that you could shove in the floor and twist it to lock it in. I took that on. That was my place, man. That van with the carpets and it had a bed in it. And so you were living your best life. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna
1: have to Google these things I mean, that you're talking. I about. can like I could sing the song for you, but I won't. Well, I like that answer. So that was your one of your happiest moments.
0: I think in general that was okay. It really didn't have a lot of. Everybody was alive. Everybody was healthy. You know, we had a garden. And you had shag carpet. I mean, it can't was. Can't beat that. Up. I know. And I'll never forget, like, I could probably draw that van in detail. But and my grandpa wouldn't let me go in there because I don't he was very like you, like helicopter. She was afraid I was gonna take off in it or something. <laughs> and so I would have to sneak and get in there, and I'd take my friends, and we would like make bologna sandwiches with mustard, and we'd go in there and have our lunch, and <laughs> I had a really good imagination. What's one thing I don't know about you?
1: Oh, okay. So you know how – this is super random, but I just had this memory pop in my head of – my dad had this one-bedroom house after my parents got a divorce, and I was probably, like, 10 at this point in time. I just remember, like, you, you talked about music, and so I'm going to talk about music. And sometimes I can, like, break it down to something like Fergie or <laughs> stuff that does not really match. Like, people would probably think that I'd rap something like Chris Brown, but – I know a lot about girl bands, and I used to have a big, huge crush on, like, Jessica Simpson, Ashley Simpson, Britney Spears. That's why I get in all that stuff. But I could pretty much sing any song that they probably ever had. Oh, my God. Uh, Fergie. What else? Christina Aguilera. I mean, I could get down to any of those people. 90s country singers. Yes. The more girly and ridiculous I'm all in. For Galicious. Oh, my God. Okay. What is the best purchase you've ever made and why? Oh, man. <laughs> I can't say it.
0: For real? Yeah, for real. I can't. No, you can't, like, pick and choose like that.
1: I'm just getting deeper cards.
0: Uh, yeah, but you're reading
1: all of them. What three words would you use to describe me? Like, positive words? <laughs> it could be bad, I guess hateful you are really grumpy
0: you are really moody (laughs) i think you're very patient passionate moody moody (laughs) what's your least favorite sex position oh
1: my gosh next that's what it says okay anything with a man oh my god (laughs) that's not a sex position it is
0: You want me to ask the next one in my card? Go ahead. If you could only do one sex position for the rest of your life, which would it be? Uh,
1: I don't want to give people a visual into my sex life. Well, that's just what the card said.
0: I must have the sex cards right now. What had the biggest impact on your self-esteem growing up?
1: I don't think it was a negative impact necessarily, but it did shape a lot of things that are happening now. Just not being like the coolest kid in school, like with all the newest things or maybe being the chubbiest kid. I think just being in a smaller town where, you know, I had three friends who knew each other since they were born. Right. Mm -hmm. And but I wasn't that kid. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, like, really learn how to navigate my way and, and make myself like important and seen.
0: I got another question. What first attracted you to me?
1: I think just your drive and, like, your presence in the room. Like, I told you this a long time ago, I just, when you would step into a room, you would step into, like, this professional self, but I could also kind of tell that you were really tender-hearted and it was, like, a defense mechanism. And so I think that drew me to you. Good answer. hmm If a miracle happened tonight while you were sleeping, how different do you imagine your life would be when you wake up? What problems would be solved? That's tough. I don't know. I think it has to be <laughs>
0: something involving children, like that children don't experience pain, you know? Yeah. I don't know how what kind of miracle that would be or what that would be called, but.
1: Like you're talking about emotional and just.
0: Yeah, like traumatic experiences. Yeah. Okay, this is the last one I'm going to draw. Okay. What's something you'll never try again and why?
1: Foie gras. Foie gras. <laughs> I did not like it, and I pretended like, oh, yeah, it's okay, but I really didn't like it. It you was really? a texture thing.
0: Really? And you didn't even eat, like, actual foie gras. You had the mousse. You had, like, yeah, a mousse.
1: no. I,
0: no. Okay. Foie gras. Foie gras. Foie gras.
1: Describe <laughs> a time you noticed your partner was being brave. Oh.
0: I've seen you... Be brave i've I've seen a big like it's it's a good and a bad thing for me because I've seen you come into your own like with more confidence and standing up for yourself more <laughs> in the last two and a half years. However, it's hard harder for me because you are not the same person that I used to see you in past relationships. And so like you're very much more aggressive, ar- and you were. Yeah, not now. No, no, no. Like you're very, this is what I want. You can be argumentative with what I want and you don't just roll over. I don't want that. Like, I don't want someone that's just going to roll over. But you definitely test me sometimes <laughs> in that way. <laughs> So and I've seen you like take up for yourself just in in all relationships in your life, like in your professional relationships. I remember when you got you did something at work, but you really didn't do it. It wasn't wrong. Like it was just misconstrued. And I was like, no, like, say something. Don't just take whatever that was. And then I've seen it with your kid and I've seen it with your parents and your family and It's nice to see you stand up for yourself because you deserve better than what you get sometimes.
1: Yeah, I think it takes a lot for me to, like, still, sometimes I have a hard time being outspoken about wants and needs.
0: Yeah, you're very quick to just be like, well, you know, and this is, I think this runs in your family. You're very quick to be like, well, that's just how they are. They're never going to change. So I'm just going to let them do it. It's fine. You know, (laughs) yeah that that's hard for me i just have to bite my tongue but that's hard for me to watch sometimes especially when i know that you're being you're not being treated the way that you deserve to be treated regardless of who's doing it
1: okay well glad you guys got to listen in to our
0: let's get deep deep
1: deep deep, deep. later besties be brave
0: if you're enjoying our podcast and would like to hear more from us, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast, so we can keep making great content. Talk to you later, besties.